personality disorders within the church. I'm forgetting the name of the author at the moment. I, I actually quote from that book. Uh, I, I actually got several pages of information by express permission republished within uh, my book, uh, Search the Scriptures Out of the Darkness, where, you know, this darkness, these, the satanic predator personality that pretends to be a Christian, they pretend to be your friend, they pretend to love you. They could even be a parent if you grew up in a narcissistic family or a sibling, or they could be a friend at church or a pastor. Um, and at first they play, uh, they play a role in order to deceive and and then then they begin to take what they can and they are justified in taking and abusing and doing whatever and when they've taken all they can take they they do what's called the narcissistic discard and they literally will abandon you to the wolves they can do anything on the way out the door in terms of lies uh damage they're these are actually dangerous people uh, monsters walk among us is the title of this show and 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 the true pathological narcissist is in fact a monster lacking empathy to any degree now you know this term's being bandied about a lot today and you know anybody that's being you know has a moment of being inconsiderate some people think well they're they're a narcissist well no no a narcissist is not someone who simply was inconsiderate and forgot your birthday. A narcissist is someone that it, they don't care how much damage their behavior does to other people. They don't care if they inflict pain or suffering on innocent people or innocent creatures. They're the people that can hurt the puppies and the kittens and take pleasure in it. And they're the people that can hurt other people and feel justified in doing so because everything is just there to be used in the world of a, of a pathological narcissist. They're the, the SS in the, you know, they're Satan's soldiers, if you will, um, in this world of darkness. And, and they are absolutely predatorial and they're pathological and at the same time, they're smart enough to realize that if they let their true motives be known, their antisocial behavior would be would be identified and they would be vilified. And so they would no longer be able to feed on their victims. So they learn early on that they have to manufacture a socialized personality and they will create uh, false empathy. A few scriptures, and then we're going to talk about how this thick game really works so that you guys could learn to identify and protect yourselves from these monsters that walk among us. You know, the scriptures warn us in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 4, take heed everyone, okay? And when God says everyone, then this is end of the age prophecy. He means you. He says, take heed everyone of your neighbor and trust not in any brother, Okay, don't make the mistake of tr trusting people before you've proved them, because every brother will utterly supplant. And that word literally means to seize the heel. It's it's Akab. It's, you know, Jacob's name was 
derived from supplanter. And it literally means to try to trip you up or overthrow you. Every brother is going to try to overthrow you. Now, there's an exception. There's a little remnant of people who actually love one another, and they're not going to overthrow you. But this remnant's one in a thousand in this hour. Other than that, the vast majority on the wide road to Gehenna, they will utterly supplant you. And every neighbor will walk with slanderers. And the word is Rahil in Hebrew, and it means a, a scandal monger. They're going to carry tales. They're a tale bearer. They're a slanderer. Every neighbor walks with slanderers. They're around every one of us. Every brother that you've met will supplant you. Now, you know what? On my In my life, I've met 10,000 believers easily because I was open to communication to the general public through my book for over 20 years. So I, I probably know 10,000 names. I would say 9,900 and I don't know, maybe 75 of them are people I wish I never met. And 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 so it is. There's a you know, there's a handful of true brethren. You know, people like David Murray, my my brother Frank, who's on this program with me. You know, there's a handful of and if God has sent you a few real saints who've got your back, who are gonna stand with you in an hour of testing, who are going to pray through with you the issues that we all are challenged by, then you've been greatly blessed because we dwell among a wicked generation. And we live in a land that has not been cleansed or washed from its sin. We live among a nation of people whose ground is defiled with the blood of 70 million murder babies and the majority of the people could care less. Take every, take heed every one of your neighbors. Proverbs 10, 18. He that hides his hatred with lying lips, and he that utters slanders is a fool. And that's what the narcissist does. They actually are full of hatred, but they hide it behind lying lips. We love you, brother. We love you. As long as you're financially supporting our ministry. And as soon as that stops or as soon as anything else happens, they don't love you so much anymore. And he that utters a slander. The, one of the things the narcs do is they like to try to triangulate, which means they will try to divide you from every other relationship in your life. If you let a narcissist into your life and you introduce them to other people that are in your circle of friends, if whenever the narcs go into their discard stage, and we'll get into this, they're going to try to destroy you. They're going to try to throw you in the garbage. And when they do that, they're going to attack every relationship you have. They're going to go with the most outrageous lies and they're going to try to turn all your friends into what are called flying monkeys. And it's the theme from the Wizard of Oz where the witch had captured all these people, all these monkeys, and turned them into little, you know, satanic servants and, and sent them out with all the lies because they want, when they decide to destroy somebody, they want to destroy you utterly. You know, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the narcissist is basically Satan with a smile on his face when you first meet him. 
but inside their hearts, they have no hesitation to lie. They will lie spontaneously. Their whole life is a lie. Their false personality, the person you met, is a lie. Deep inside, these are broken, you know, wounded people suffering from severe pathologies with an, a, a, an artificial projected personality through which they try to manipulate and control the world around them so they can get what they want in terms of whatever they can take. And that's the narcissist. And they use lying lips and they use slander and they will try to supplant you. And they do this 24-7. Jesus himself warned us at the time of the end, many would become offended. And that word is scandalisio. And it means to scandalize. They're gonna, they're gonna become, you know, offended and tripped up, and then they will betray one another and hate one another and even turn each other over to death. And that word for many, you guys know it well, it's polis, it means the vast majority. So when I'm telling you I've met 10,000 people and 9,000, I don't know, maybe 900 of them actually were dangerous people. That's the hour we're living in today. And it's even worse now that these people have been, their minds have been hacked through a medical intervention that was mandated. There's a book called The Indoctrinated Brain by Michael Nels, N-E-H-L-S. He's a medical doctor and a PhD in neuroscience. And he explains how the brains are actually being biochemically altered by the toxins that are being mandated to be injected into the population. And then these people are losing impulse control. They're becoming extremely dangerous. They will explode. They're, they're unable to control the, their anger and rage to where, you know, if you say anything that challenges them, they're, they're capable of extreme violence today. And so the admonition is, you know, don't trigger people. Simply walk away because we're entering a time of insanity where these narcissistic personalities are going to become biochemically unhinged mentally and they're going to be capable of anything. So, you know, let's let's get into this. I want to share just one more scripture with you. Psalm 50 verse 20. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanders thy own mother's son. And, you know, and these, these monsters can even be members of our own family. And um, they can't be reasoned with any more than you could reason with a devil. You, you cannot, you can't offer them the truth as an antidote to their deceptions because they, they already have their version of the truth. And they're not interested in yours. So with that, let's get into just some insight into what this syndrome is like. And and I'm going to start with, you know, well, how bad is it? You know, if you, if you identify narcissistic, you know, and, and I'm not talking about people that were maybe insensitive, forgot your birthday, people that, you know, 
When they went to get a glass of water, they, they didn't ask you if you wanted one. I'm not talking about inconsiderate. I'm talking about people that are toxic to the point where they're going to try to damage you. And they're willing to use the lies. They're willing to do violence. They're willing to do criminal behavior. These are the narcissists. Okay. They're one step above the psychopathic serial killer. In, because if they thought they could get away with being a serial killer, these personality types would definitely execute on their absolute rage within. And these wrong relationships with, you know, these are seriously toxic people. They, if you have them in your life, you are exposing yourself to serious, unhealthy behaviors. They will explode in rage and anger. These are not ordinarily sane individuals. They wear their sanity like a mask. And every now and then they get triggered. And, and with the biochemical changes that have occurred in 70% of the population that's had the mind-altering adjustments, they're losing their ability to control themselves. And they will blow up into anger and manipulation. They will engage in gaslighting, which is, you know, denying reality, a false report. They can create incredible damaging stress in your life. And oftentimes you won't realize you've been entangled in their sick drama until you're in totally enmeshed because these guys are actors on a stage. Their friendly persona is a, it's a, it's a mask pulled from a gallery. It's a manufactured personality. These unhealthy relationship dynamics that they will ultimately exhibit can create depression, confusion, and just be emotionally draining. Unhealthy relationships ultimately will affect your mental health. You can begin to lose yourself. You ask yourself, what role am I playing? Take responsibility for who you are. Know who you are. Because these toxic type relationships create an atmosphere of uncertainty. If, if you're dealing with this type of person, you've learned to walk on eggshells to try not to trigger them. You end up always being in fight or flight mode. You know, as people, we can only handle so much drama. It drains us mentally. It will affect every area of your life. That's why the Lord in the scriptures said to Ezekiel, go into your home and close your door and no longer go out among them because they will try to put their bands on you. Now, they weren't physically trying to tie Ezekiel up in ropes. They were trying to put their words on him that would tie him up spiritually, just through the word curses they were speaking against him. Again, the prophet Isaiah was told the same thing. Don't go out among these people. Hide yourself in your prayer closet. You know, and part of the reason is interacting with these people. Now, maybe some of you have been blessed. You grew up in godly families where your, your family of origin was loving and supportive and you know, there was no violence. Nobody beat you unconscious when you were a little kid. Nobody lied about you. Nobody falsely accused you. Nobody betrayed you. Nobody slandered you. Nobody tried to steal everything from you. You actually grew up in a home with Christian values and in a home where the Holy Spirit was present. 
well, then thank God you've got a family. You know, you can together as a group, you can go in your prayer closets now because what's out there in the maddening crowd, you know, if you want to look at the insanity of this hour, just look at Black Lives Matters. Look at Antifa. Look at these liberal movements that are screaming profanities, you know, and what do they stand for anyway? You know, let's burn down the whole system of free capitalism and let's have a communist one world government. Let's bring in the rule of Satan. That's what these people are about. You know, it's ultimately, if you conclude you're dealing with narcissistic personalities, the best thing you can do is limit your contact. Separate physically, separate emotionally, separate yourself so that you can heal. And, you know, the, this personality disorder of narcissism, when it, it, it's almost like, you know, a satanic mind virus. When it takes over the mind of an individual, Betrayal is assured. They will, these narcs, they ultimately betray everyone when they're done using you. And they violate boundaries, by the way. You know, they might help you with your garden, you know, just as an example. And, and you tell them, you know what, help me with the work for this garden and you and I will share the produce. Well, they then decide they're going to harvest all your fruit trees as well. And they're going to take all of the the hazelnuts off your hazelnut trees because they watered your garden a few times. And, oh, and then they want to start chopping the roots out of your apple trees so they can replant seedlings on their property. And when you tell them, no, you don't get to harvest my fruit trees. And no, you can't cut the roots out of my apple trees. You know, they're going to be furious. And then ultimately they're going to discard you and then they will turn on you. And you'll see the true, I mean, it's just horrific, the level of hatred and anger in these people that at one time you thought were family or friends or neighbors. And now they're literally, they go into these rampages. When they go into narcissistic rage, they will curse you. They will swear and use every bit of profanity you could even imagine. And not only will they attack you, they'll attack your children, your spouse, everything about you, they will insult. You know, they'll, they'll insult you for how many fences you have around your property. I mean, it's, it's a form of insanity that's incurring. These are toxic people. They're like quicksand. And, you know, you want to identify them and stay as clear away from them as you can. And, and you definitely... It's normally better not to confront them because they're not redeemable. These are the people of the lie. They are the liars that Jesus referred to in Revelation 19 when he said, and all liars will find their place in the lake of fire. These are vessels of wrath who are, have never been born again. Oh, they may claim faith in Jesus, but at the same time, they can create and bring false witnesses against the true church. And a true Christian is not going to bear false witness. Right, Frank? I mean, how many times does a real Christian literally bear a completely 
false report accusing a true believer of heinous crimes they've not committed. I mean, real Christians don't do this, do they? Absolutely, you're right. Yeah, would you do that? I've never done this. No. No, absolutely not. It's called bearing false witness. There's something about that, I think, in this thing called the Ten Commandments. For the narcs, they do whatever suits them at the time. They will create constant toxic cycles of stress in your life. If you've got one in your life, you, you, it's pretty easy to figure it out. They will keep piling on their demands, their complaints, their criticisms. You will find your own health, your own body reacting that this level of chronic stress, which is what you end up dealing when you get to the toxic phase. You know, there's the, the initial phase of the of the interaction with the narcissist. You've just met Dracula. He's got on his best tuxedo with fresh flowers and it's all smiles. You don't really notice those teeth that look like they're designed to draw blood from you. But when they shift to the using and abusing phase of the relationship, um, they, they can go back periodically to what's called love bombing to try to keep the victim under control so they can continue to use and abuse you. But they ultimately get to a point where they go to what's called the discard, and then you're going to see the true nature of what you've been dealing with. And it's almost unbelievable, the evil that becomes apparent. I mean, it, you're looking into the eyes of the devil with these people. And not only do they create serious physical issues, they can leave you with severe emotional scars. And for those who've been exposed to this type of abuse from the earlier years of childhood, or people that have been exposed to chronic severe abuse for an extended period of time in, in adult life, this chronic stress can create actual physiological brain damage due to the chronic stress, extreme stress of the environment that these people occupy. And it creates what they call complex PTSD, which is the post-traumatic stress disorder that is associated typically with living in a combat zone as a soldier where your life is in danger every day. Well, living with a severe narcissist who uses emotional abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, and mental abuse on a con constant recurring basis, children develop a chronic level of complex PTSD where they too literally grew up shell-shocked from the environment. And, and they've grown into a place of being under constant stress. It's as if they lived in Gaza. And the bombs were dropping every day in their life. And you get to a point where it literally changes the chemistry of your brain because your brain becomes stuck in the survival centers of the mind and not the logic centers. And people become habitually, they can literally get, enter a state of habitual stress where anything can trigger them because they literally have a form of PTSD. You know, a loud noise happens and someone with PTSD from the war is going to freak out like they, they were taken right back to Afghanistan or Iraq. Same is true for people that have had prolonged exposure to chronic narcissistic abuse. Ultimately, this is about you, your life, your happiness, 
your survival spiritually and mentally. And, you know, this one commentator wrote, look for true friends. Find people that are your true friends and, and keep your enemies far away from you. And, and find friends whose hearts are true. Look for true friends, but do not look for hope. It has been forsaken in this land. And, you know, that's a profound comment. There's really not a lot of hope left for America. There's hope for the remnant. There's hope for the people whose God is the Lord. You know, the scripture speaks in the book of Isaiah, um, the text says, you know, these, these were children who would not lie. And therefore, the Lord was pleased to be their Savior. And that's the difference between the elect and the damned. The elect, who are the redeemed of the earth, who are the ecclesia of God. These are people who have repented of the ways of darkness and if at one time in their life they had lied, they've repented of lying. These are now, once they've been transformed by the Holy Spirit and they've been changed by the one who says, I am the truth. And the plumb line of entrance into the straight and the narrow path that leads to life is it's the way of absolute truth. The people that walk therein, they are the people who walk in the truth. And you cannot walk in the truth and walk in the lie at the same time. Oh, you can pretend that you're in the truth. But if you're choosing to walk in the lies, then you are on the wide road to destruction. And all liars, in, in Revelation 19, Jesus made the comment, I don't read this. I got to read this for you. You guys, just flip over to Revelation 19 real quick. And... Um, the Lord says, you know, about those that are saved. Um, or is it? No, I'm sorry. It's Revelation 21. My error. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. And one of the things you have to overcome is the deceptions of Satan and and narcissism, which is the pure satanic personality of no empathy for anyone or anything, is clearly something that has to be put to death in, in everyone. He that overcomes will be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and idolaters and all liars they will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues. And he talked with me saying, come here and I'll show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like a stone, most precious, even like jasper, clear as crystal. And that's the city of truth. The bride of Christ are the, the people that have been redeemed from the lie and have become the children of the truth. And they love the truth. 
They walk in the truth and there's no lie found in them. The narcissists are the exact opposite. There's no truth in them whatsoever. Even what they claim to be true is fashioned by the lie to de deceive and to hide the true evil that's within these people. They've gone the way of Korah. They've come from the spirit of Cain. And unto them is reserved the eternal darkness. And I say, weep not for them, for they've chosen the way of their father, the devil. And they've, they've turned their hearts and their ears from, from the call of the Spirit of God, calling the many to repentance. They would not enter in because they would not leave the lies which have served them so well. I mean, they, they make their way through this world using lies and deception. And they've come to steal. And when they're enraged, they want to kill. And they want to destroy, just like their father, the devil. And you cannot trust these people or be open or honest with them. If they break trust with you or complain and dump on you, they're not reliable. They don't keep their word. You will lose them as friends. You need to find true friends whom you can trust. If they cannot handle honesty, if they scream at you, ghost you, or give you the silent treatment, walk away. Don't go back. True friends will respect you and your honesty. If you don't feel good about yourself when you're around them, that's a, that's a clue. You're dealing with a narcissistic personality. If you have to replay their conversations in your head, that's a clue that there's some hidden agenda happening. You're your conscious mind is telling you, wait a minute, go back. What did they say? What did that mean? Listen, when you're dealing with a truth-telling saint of the Most High God, you know, I'm good friends with Brother David Murray, and I'll tell you, I've never had a more faithful brother. That man is a godsend. And, you know, I don't have to replay any of David's conversations he says what he means, and he means what he says. And that brother stands for truth. And he, that brother, will stand with you in the line of fire. He's the most faithful friend I've ever known. But not so the narcissist. You're always wondering, what did they really mean? And, you know, if you feel you're being judged, you know, and they use sarcastic humor to poke fun at you. And then if you, you know, if you call them out on the, on the sarcasm, on the insults. Oh, I was only kidding. You know, we need to develop healthy boundaries. And those are defined as the space by which I can love you and me at the same time. Okay, some signs that you might be stuck in some of these narc relationships. You feel like you're alone when you're with these people. You also feel stuck or trapped. Maybe you don't know how to get out. By the time you discover the nefarious nature of these personalities, you weren't sure what to do with to get rid of them. You feel frustrated and worn out after interacting with them. You, you often feel unappreciated. You can feel disconnected from your true self. You know, every one of us has basic emotional needs. We, uh, we have a need to feel emotionally safe. 
it needs to feel safe in in the relationships that you have you you need a sense of volition you we need the the power over our own life's choices to follow our vision we need emotional connections that are real we need to matter to someone we we need a social connection we we need to know that there's some place we belong we also need some sense of privacy, a, a need for solitude, a need for quiet time with the Lord. We need a sense of our own self to know who we are. We need a sense of achievement of things that are important to us. Our life is bigger than us. You know, think on that one, pray on that one for a bit. Our life has to do with the will of God. It's, we've actually been called to a life that is bigger than us. And that's why God wants to help us can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. We've been called to something greater meaning than our own self. Bless the Holy One. And none of this is possible in, in these false relationships with these toxic, satanic people. You know? When do you know that it's time to just let go and if you've run into, if you're dealing with some of this, and how do you know when it's time to just let go and say nothing? Because there, there are circumstances where you're dealing with someone so toxic, your, your initial reaction might be to try to confront them once you've seen what they are. That might be the more dangerous exit strategy. Sometimes it's better to just say nothing and leave. When is that? What are the signs you should just let go and go away and say nothing? when you know the other person won't receive your feedback very well. When you know it's not going to make any difference. When you know it might likely make things a whole lot worse because you don't call out these narcissists. You know, There's no fixing them. You try to challenge them with the truth, they're going to bring down the house on you. It'll be Samson trying to kill the Philistines. When it's unsafe to say anything, they're so full of rage, you know, you know, you're not going to do anything to trigger them. It's not even safe. You know, the time to say nothing is when you haven't had time to calm down. If you've gotten drawn into one of these narcissistic meltdowns where they're screaming and raging you, um, you know, calm down. Don't react. Leave. Calm down first. When saying something would hurt someone else. When the relationship isn't real enough to handle the truth. When saying something would violate someone else's boundaries. Lastly, when saying nothing is more powerful. And, um, you know, when do you speak up in these circumstances? When you feel like you will regret not having said anything at all. There's a time and a place to, to say your piece. If you feel like you've abandoned your own comfort zone. If something keeps eating at you, maybe you need to prayerfully consider how to say something. If you've been burying things under the rug for too long, there might be a time and a place to say something. When saying something might actually help. And how do you know the difference? You just need to pray for discernment. Yeah. What are the clues you're dealing with in ARC? Well, here's a few of their, fa their favorite phrases. It's all about me. I'm the best at everything. 
They exaggerate their achievements. You're just jealous of me when they when they criticize you or scapegoat you or insult you with their sarcastic, you know, backhanded compliments. No, you're just jealous of me. You're too sensitive. I deserve special treatment. I never make mistakes. The narcissistic personality does not apologize ever. And if they do feign an apology, it'll be like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> it's never, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. They don't take ownership of anything. Rather, they'll tell you you're too sensitive. They dismiss other people's feelings. Or they'll say things like, I'm surrounded by idiots. They have a constant need to assert their superiority. You should be more grateful for all that I've done for you. You know, they'll gloat over bare minimum acts, right? They did some small thing. They won't let you forget it. I know better anyway. These people think they already know everything. They also believe they're the ultimate authority. You know, for some of these people, there's God, Jesus, and them. And for others, it's not even in that order. You know, some questions to consider. If you're weighing a relationship that's maybe toxic and you're wondering how toxic is it, here's some questions to consider. Do they respect you? Do they show you respect? Do you respect them? Are you being used? Is this relationship being continued merely because they can take things from you? Is this good for you? Are you being blessed by this relationship? Or is it creating stress and trauma and problems. Is this relationship giving you something of value, love, companionship, true friendship? Or is it just draining you emotionally when you're around these people? Are you making a healthy choice to stay in this relationship? Or is this a fear-based decision that has kept you stuck? Are you just afraid to move on? Are you afraid to let go? You know, do you look back and wish you would have left these toxic relationships 40 years ago? You know what? Better late than never to make the right decision, my friends. Is this relationship coming ahead of your own well-being? Do you feel like an emotional punching bag for this person? Are they puking their drama on you? If this relationship doesn't feel good, if, if you have answered any of these in the, in the negative answer, perhaps the relationship's not serving you any longer. And I had a business friend, and a big time real estate broker in Los Angeles. We, we did a you know, quarter of a billion dollars worth of real estate business together in transactions he accommodated as a broker and I structured them as a, business strategists over the last 30 years, we did a quarter of a billion in real estate assets, purchases and sales for these large real estate companies. Um, but over time, he we were sort of friends, but he would just keep getting, he was really liberal. And you know, if I, I would touch a subject and, you know, he would just, he was like a, he, he was a little angry Irishman and he would just get mad more angry, you know, and he just like dumped this anger on me. And I finally got to the point where I'm like, I just, 
don't need this anger from this guy. And, you know, it's he's entitled to his opinion. He can vote. I told him, you know, voting for a, the liberal agenda, voting for abortion is aiding and abetting the murder of children. You're an accomplice. You've, you're an accessory to a crime. You voted to make the crime legal. God calls it murder. You said yes and amen. I say no way. Mm. Let that be stopped in Jesus' name. You know, and, these, and his attitude was, well, I'm, I'm just voting for the right for women to choose between them and their doctor. I'm like, well, then, you know, you can tell yourself that story if you want, but God calls it murder. But I got to a point where I just couldn't, you know, it was too negative to continue to have any kind of an interaction with this person. And, um, you know, who needs the constant explosive personality disorders? You know, why do people with narcissistic personalities devalue those around them anyway? You know, when you first meet these narcs, they're on their best behavior. They're looking for more victims, okay? They're going to be the nicest people you've ever met. They're going to be complimenting you. They're going to want to draw you in. You know, they're looking for people that they can gain control over psychologically, emotionally. They want you in their circle, and then they will begin to use you for whatever they want. The devaluation stage will begin slowly, where they, they start chipping away at you. It's like a cat playing with a mouse doing minor injuries. But it will become more and more frequent, and it gets worse over time, like a drug addict. If you're lucky, you will be discarded, and they'll walk away. With a narc, they will insult you. They'll aim to hurt you. And then it's my way or the highway. And the one thing about the, the devaluation stage, when it turns vicious, and I'm talking about you've seen the narcissistic rage. They've gone into the screaming, cursing. I mean, it's out of control behavior, raging against you. It, it's like a drug addiction. They're... You'll never walk them back from that place. They're never going to apologize for it. And they're going to be more prone to erupt again and again and again. Or the next time you see them, they'll have this, you know, fake friendly, but they'll want to drive the conversation and it'll somehow all be about how much better their kids live in a million dollar house. And, you know, it'll, it'll just be this weird twisting of reality. You'll, you'll never get back to what was somewhat of a friendly relationship when you first met this parasite of a person. Don't protest. Don't lose your energy trying to convince them of anything. Don't complain to them. What is happening when they go into the devaluation stage and they go into the abusive exit where they do the discard and typically they want to do some damage on the way out the door, depending on how truly profoundly evil and malignant their core personality is. Uh, what is happening is the natural phenomena of a narcissistic relationship. This is how it has to end. 
in all of their disorder, there's a secret order occurring. And it's, it's the fact that this relationship was dead to begin with. Be a captain of your own ship. Navigate around this trauma. Kindle your own fire. Develop good habits of your own mental health. Ten signs of dealing with people that have got the narcissistic disorder matched with the bipolar disorder. Nature, you know, all of the di different cluster B personality disorders fall within the veil of the narcissistic personality. You know, and these are people that, you know, they'll use compliments to try to gain advantage. You know, everything they're doing is tactical, strategic. They're passive aggressive geniuses. They know how to sabotage you with a backhanded compliment. It, they seem to be experts at it. At the same time, they wear this mask of false friendship. They're always keyed up emotionally. They're highly insecure. They always take things personally. They're extremely sensitive to any form of criticism because in their artificial personality that they project into the world, they're perfect. They never needed to repent of anything. You know, I remember we had a certain president that everybody thought might have, not everybody, but a whole lot of silly Christians thought might have been Cyrus or something. <laughs> well, that was a joke. Um and when asked, you know, did you ever repent? He's like, well, no, I don't think I ever had anything I needed to repent for. Okay, that's the sign of a narcissist. I'm already perfect. I don't need to repent. Me and Jesus are doing just fine. <laughs> I mean, it's that mindset. It's that bad, you guys, when you break it all down. If you have people in your life who are not respectful of you, are not loving and kind to you, be true to yourself and walk away. The narcissistic personalities, they want control. That's why they dominate every conversation. There's another sign that you'll see. And they cannot apologize ever. The covert form of the narcissist, which is the one that tries to hide the malevolence of their intentions as long as possible, they're the most dangerous. And they look so kind and sweet and humble. And oh my gosh, they could be the little widow at church. They just want to look good to others. But they are very passive aggressive. And they, they use a strategy of death by a thousand cuts. They use plausible deniability to cover up their violence. They're vultures. They see you as food or as a possession. They will lie, cheat, smear, manipulate, do whatever to get their way. And they're doing it all behind your back. They do not accept your boundaries. They will engage in cycles of abuse. Their scapegoats learn to stay away from them. These are emotionally unregulated, hyper-reactive, and emotionally impaired individuals. There is no cure for pathological narcissism. Extricate yourself from this dynamic. These people are antagonistic, entitled, empathy impaired, rigid, and full of grandiosity. Yeah, after their smear campaign, they'll come back to you and say, let's bury the hatchet. 
except you never really had a hatchet, but they had a hatchet and they really don't ever intend to bury it. There's no apology there ever. Let's just forget about everything. Theirs is a world different than, than someone who says, I, I really want to apologize. I'm really sorry about what I did. The behavior of the narcissist is unacceptable. You should not tolerate being screamed at. You should not lose yourself in the process of your, their explosive personality disorders. Take back your authority. You know, take away your consent from this toxic relationship. It's not about fixing them. It's about saving you. Take back your authentic power. Create boundaries. Defend the light in your own life. Allow these people to continue to suck the life force out of you. Deflect them. You cannot have regular communications with these people. You know, the constant trauma will literally cause damage to you. If you're stuck with this type of personality at work or in somehow in your family system that you're going to have to interact with them on some continuing basis on some level, you should adopt the strategy of gray rock, which means you don't say or do anything more than the very minimum. You know, for some reason, they're at some event, family or business, and you have to be there, they have to be there. It's the minimal amount of interaction. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. Weather's great today. Hope you have a wonderful day. The pie was good. Thank you for coming. Goodbye. Don't ever disclose anything about yourself. Everything you say and do can and will be used against you by these people when they go into the discard stage. They are actually dangerous personalities. Deflect them. You cannot have normal communications with them. Life will trigger. Life's triggers create narcissistic injuries in people. And then the narc rage will fly out of them. Oftentimes, they won't even remember what happened. They go into such an altered stage or state of personality that they don't know what they've done. And that's a huge reason why you can't negotiate with them. They are not rational, reasonable people. You need to figure out that you need to keep them away from you. They need to leave you alone is really your safest bet. It is highly inefficient and ineffective and costly to continue to deal with these people. Start healing from your own past. Learn how to pause. You don't want to be stuck here anymore. Stop letting your inner child work out the same cycle of abuse with these people. Make a logical decision and leave. Look to yourself Get unstuck. You know, the patterns that you can look for that, that are clues that you're dealing with a, a toxic relationship that would be better off removed from your life. Uh, number one, you don't feel safe bringing a concern to this person. You've got issues on your heart. You don't feel safe talking to them. You know it's not safe. Well, then how is that a relationship in your life. 
You can never talk about issues with them or you will face criticism, blame shifting, or denial. Anytime you take a real issue to these people, they're going to criticize you. They're going to find a way to flip this thing and it's going to be a jab and a poke at you. They're not going to empathize. They don't have empathy. You're just giving them ammunition to do what they do best, which is literally injure the people around them. Yep. You don't feel like your opinions, your feelings, your choices are respected or even heard. You yourself feel disregarded with these people. They become enraged if you disagree with them. You know, how many times I've run into people, you know, they, they'll share some biblical insight, you know, their latest whatever. And if you don't agree with it, they just get angry. You know, look, I have my own insights into scripture. You know, there's a lot of people that are not on the same page with me. I don't get angry. It's okay. I mean, I either have truth or I don't. And whether you agree with me or not doesn't change anything. I could be wrong and you could be agreeing with me and that don't make me right. And I could have the latest revelation from the throne room of God and you're not capable of perceiving it. That doesn't mean I'm wrong. I'm not going to be angry. You know, unto whom... Much is given, much will be required, and no man can receive anything unless it's given to him from above. But these people, they're going to give you something from below. You, Here's another sign. They know and care very little about your hopes, your values, your dreams. People who value you actually care about you. I mean, in, in all honesty... Let's say you have a narcissistic father, you know, and you look back over your life and you and you can honestly say, this is just an example, my father doesn't even know who I am. He never cared to ask. It wasn't worth his time. And if you tried to tell them, maybe they would just turn around and walk away right in the middle of your sentence. You got to the point where you stopped talking because it was pointless. They didn't care to listen anyway. So these people, they don't care about you. They know even less about you, who you really are. They don't care about you because they don't value you. You know, you feel anxious when you're around them. Your guard is up. You know you're in hostile territory. It can be difficult to put into words what it's like to be with this person because these narcissistic people, they put on a whole new show when they're out in public. Oh my goodness, they're so nice. What happened? Why? And then, you know, when they get back home, they they treat you like you're part of the furniture. <laughs> no longer nice. It's not really a relationship that you have with these people. It's rather just a source of chronic stress, fatigue, and complex PTSD. Narcissists are remorseless, sadistic, and selfish. And their selfishness is shocking when it's finally revealed. They have perfected a facade persona to hide their poisonous ego behind. Denial is their main coping mechanism. 
They deny responsibility. They deny awareness of any of the wrongs they've done. They deny the facts that evidence all their crimes. They deny the impact of their sadistic actions. They deny all of their toxic behavior, and they deny it to the core and to the end. Denial isn't a river in Egypt. It's the name on, of the wide road to hell traveled by these tortured souls. Their entire focus is control, domination, and humiliation. Well, those are great personal relationship strategies, right? I mean, you're just going to do real well when your interaction style with the people you love is all about domination and humiliation. Rage lies beneath the veneer of the surface of their lives. These are people who truly do not care about you, even a little. Disconnect from them as soon as possible. Continued exposure will harm you. Don't hold on to someone who's leaving. Otherwise, you'll never meet the someone who's supposed to be coming. Strong people forgive. Intelligent people ignore. Weak people seek revenge. The person is a expletive deleted. You don't need them in your life. Throw the bad people out. All communication with someone on the narc spectrum, someone with the cluster, cluster B personality disorder, is an opportunity for abuse. And they will always take it. Let your hope die. Take the loss. They're not going to change. Grieve it and leave it. Reduce your contact. You will heal faster the less interactions you have, the less continued abuse that you suffer, the quicker you will heal. In the end, they will only treat you with contempt. Amen to that. And there's no time left for unprofitable friendships. This is Haman's strategy against Mordecai and Esther. And the truth is the narcs are miserable, miserable people on the inside out. You can never appease these toxic people because... At the core of their being, they actually hate you. They do. They hate you. So, Frank, uh, yeah. did you want to? Want to no, I, I just, I, I, everything you've said, because I've been through this before, and with a good friend of mine, we experienced this. And, folks, these people cannot. You cannot sit there and keep hoping that they're going to turn around. You see, they can't understand empathy. They can't understand that they've been wrong because they believe that you owe them this. You see, they are entitled. Therefore, you can't change them. That's right. And that's why you need to depart from them. And they will use you. And they will. I heard a pastor say things. Now, this man had a sense of false humility like you would not believe. He seemed like the nicest guy ever, was a fantastic preacher. He claimed, he he acted like he had a relationship with God. And I'm going to tell you, when we called him out, I saw the devil come forth from this man. And it was extreme narcissism. But Benjamin, everything he said is right. Leave get away, stop trying to change them, depart. Even if you have to, you know, so what? If they destroy, just get away. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Just walk away. Even if there's a loss, you'll be better off for it in the long run to get away from that person. Yeah. Amen. Amen, brother. 
Jesus even taught a, a parable. Um, I think it's in Matthew 22 and where a king sent his servants and <clears throat> to invite his subjects to a wedding feast and the people made light of it. They, they, they wanted to go to their business. They, they wanted to do their own thing and they made light of the invitation of the king. And, and then the remnant of the people, they spitefully abused the king's servants. And that word for spitefully abused, it actually means they slandered them. They belittled them. They attacked them verbally. And the king saw it and was filled with wrath. And so he sent his army and he killed those wicked people and he burned their country to the ground and he destroyed them. And the word for destroyed means a eternal destruction. They went to hell. That's kind of like what's fixing to happen here in America, Babylon. The king is full of wrath. He's not happy. What's going on here? He's about to send his army. They're going to kill these people. He's going to burn their country to the ground. And these wicked people are going to be destroyed eternally. And God's remnant is going to be delivered from the fire. And, you know, it. Sometimes it's hard to realize what you, you know, what you're up against. But um, one of the things about a, a truly narcissistic person is they will never look in the mirror and say, well, I wonder if I have some of these narcissistic tendencies in me. Maybe I should, you know, check that out and do some changing here. You know, maybe I've got this disorder. The true narcissist, you'll never hear that from them. Okay. So if some of you guys are wondering, maybe I'm one of these narcs. Well, you know what? This is a time of great deception and we've all got shortcomings in our personalities and the true saints will confess all their sins and turn from every wicked way. And God will give us a new heart and and, and we're going to be redeemed in the, in the image of our Lord who has saved us. But the, these hardcore narcissistic personalities... These are people of Satan. These are not born-again saints. No. These are people that are dead to the core. And mm -hmm. they they do not hesitate to, to cause pain and suffering. And they try to destroy people with their slander. They're just not out there to, you know, give you a little bit of a ding. They want to annihilate you in the eyes of your social setting. They're looking for the kill. And um, it's, they're literally being animated by the serpent. But, you know, here's seven signs that God wants you out of a relationship. Number one, you lack inner peace. Number two, there's resistance. This relationship just doesn't work. It's, there's not peace. Number three, there are red flags everywhere. They disrespect you. They're verbally and emotionally abusive. There's no love, no respect, and no care. You know? This relationship is making you bitter. It's damaging you. It's toxic. It's only going to do more damage unless you let it go. There's a lack of the fear of God. And it shows itself in the lack of respect for other people. Anyone who feared the Lord would not slander a servant of the living God with false slander. Uh, the Lord said, to the extent you do this to the least of my brethren, you do this to me. What fool 
is going to lie and bring a false report against the Lord God Almighty with the intention of destroying his servants. On the eve of the day of the Lord. <laughs> could you, I don't know how you could be more stupid. How's that going to play? Bearing false witness and lying with the intentional purpose of damaging a man or woman of God who themselves is are innocent of any wrongdoing towards this person. You gotta be kidding me. These guys have a suicide wish. And, and indeed, they're, the end thereof is death. If they don't repent, it's death. There's a lack of compatibility. And through dreams and visions, God will show you, you, you need to get out. There's really no good old days with these people. Their bad behavior has its consequences. And they may really want to go back to their world where they were just letting you live in it, but there were really no good days with these narcissists. The very relationship with them was built on a lie, an illusion of a person who does not even exist. You, were, you had a relationship with a manufactured persona. And all of it was designed for their control and for their exploitation. They're users and abusers. They take what they can while they feel entitled to a whole lot more. People that have boundaries annoy them. Time is too short to waste on these people. They're highly argumentative. They're not built to hear you. They will not listen. They're wired to disagree. They're always wanting to be one up on you. They have high conflict personalities. And if you stay long enough, you'll be completely depleted. The face a narcissist presents to the world is an illusion of a person that does not exist. They feel entitled to whatever they can take, but they're they're not real. You know, it's sometimes it's hard to recognize that, you know, maybe some of the closest relationships in your life are people that are actually this evil. But, you know, in order to heal from this, you have to understand and accept that you were abused by a narcissist. You know, stop making excuses for them. You know, assess your own trauma relational style. How how did you respond? Were you passive? Were you a, a fawn? Were you pleased? You know, were you trying to stop the conflict by just doing whatever you can? Identify the inner wounds that may have been the triggers that allowed this pattern to repeat inside of you. Identify your attachment patterns. Accept and honor the truth. You know, what do you do as a compulsive giver trying to help everyone else? You know, most victims of narcissistic abuse develop something known as codependency, where you think of other people before you before you even think of yourself. And, you know, that's a good thing in some contexts, but it's a bad thing in others where you need to be focusing on your own family than people who don't even care about you. You know, you've, you've had insensitive parenting skills modeled. You've been abandoned. You were neglected. You were raised in a, in a, in a re relationship of chronic stress. You know, have you chosen isolation as the cure? I mean, a lot of people that have been through severe abuse will ultimately find isolation is the safest place, but it's really not God's plan for us. We're supposed to be relational 
but you know, in developing new relationships, if you're healing from narcissistic abuse, the number one rule is keep your intimate private details to yourself until you prove you found a true friend. Mm. And David Murray is a true friend of mine. I could tell David the truth about anything. David would not turn on me. He would not betray me. He would not accuse me. David would fast and pray with me. And he's a true friend. Just like you can tell Jesus anything. Of course, he already knows everything, but notwithstanding that fact, you can tell the Lord, he will never betray you. I will never forsake you, he said. Those are true friends. Amen. But don't offer information that nobody has a right to know until you've vetted that you've got a true friend. And it takes a long time to vet true friends. And another key to recovery is stop all the negative self-talk. One of the things narcissistic abuse does is it trains you to have an inner critic that will literally repeat all these emotionally abusive messages you've heard over the course of, for many of us, a lifetime of abuse. So stop the negative talk. Stop complaining. Stop the regret. And, and even there's a time when you need to stop repenting. I know that's, now that's after you fully repented, you guys. But literally, I had the Lord speak to me actually a whole lot in the last few weeks. But one of the things he said, he said, I, I don't want you to be coming to me in a spirit of regret anymore. The past is under the blood. I've forgiven you. I want you to come before me in a spirit of thanksgiving and rejoicing. Amen. I was like over repenting, right? And the Lord's like, enough. Come with thanksgiving. Come with rejoicing. Come with a spirit of joy. And, um, you know, Amen. When you Amen. fully repented, it's a time to literally lay these things down at the cross, you know? And I mean, this is stuff that, you know, probably turned from a while ago. Anyway, that's where God wants us now is in a place of rejoicing. And he wants Amen. you in a place of healing, you know? So stop the complaining. Make a mission statement for your life as a believer. What is your mission? And then prayerfully pray through what the Lord would have you do to get back on track. Develop your distances and your defenses from these narcs. They were put in your path to destroy you, to rob you, to steal, kill, and destroy your vision, to steal your crown, to steal and destroy your ministry, to waste your time and your energy. You need to put them behind you. Amen. Get behind me, Satan. Don't even give these people a second thought. Pray for them. As God told you to pray for your enemies, pray for them and then release them to the Lord and put them behind you. You know, refuse to feel inferior. Refuse to accept any of the criticisms that were dumped on you. Your parents lied to you. The world has lied to you. Much of the church has lied to you. It's time to receive the truth and understand 
the decision to walk away from this kind of chronic abuse, if you've had exposure to this in your life, this is not an emotional decision. It's a logical decision. It's a decision based on wisdom. Let Amen. go of this toxic abuse. It's only harming you. Forgive them, then walk away and don't look back. Amen. The only logical decision to stop the abuse. And if not, you will continue to live with the pain and the abuse. At some point, you have to make a conscious decision. You have to tell yourself, you have to decide that you deserve to move on and to make decisions that will be good for you and for your ministry in the long run. You then need to resolve, get over the anger. It can and will hold you back. And besides, it's only a secondary emotion. It's a lot easier to feel the anger than the actual hurt that gave rise to the anger. Get curious. What is really going on inside of you? Pray it through. Search your heart diligently. Ask for the Lord's insight. And then take those matters to the Lord in prayer. This might take a little bit of effort. Where's all this anger really coming from? Do you have a history of being abused by this type of satanic behavior? Write about it in a journal. Write a letter. Write a letter to yourself. Write a letter to express your feelings. When there's constant arguing, when trust has been destroyed, when goals no longer align, when intimacy is gone, you'll likely feel happier apart. Accept where you are. Acknowledge the truth and your own worth in the kingdom, in Jesus' eyes. You deserve better than this. Maybe this was never even meant to be. You know, you need encouragement as a child of God. Be around people that encourage and bless you. End the cycle of guilt because the Lord has cleansed us. He does not condemn us. Remember your accomplishments. Put healthy boundaries around your life to protect your mental health. Put physical boundaries around your life to protect your personal space. You get to decide all of the issues that involve Who's permitted to touch your life? What food do you eat? What time of rest do you need? How much time do you need committed to prayer? These are your personal boundary issues. No one has a right to define them for you. You take them to the Lord and get his input in defining your own boundaries. You take dominion over your own space and you let go of all of these toxic relationships. And, you know, where there's envy, where there's gossip, there's a portal for every evil work. You don't want to continue these false friends in your life. You know, Job had friends, but they were not friends of his purpose. They were friends of his, of his trauma, you know. And let God free you from all of this. You know, if you, you are faithful with the Lord, God will replace these people with people who remind you of who you really are. And he'll restore the years the locust has eaten. And he'll translate you from a place of being criticized to a place of being celebrated. And don't let these narcs lead anything. Let go of them and let your hope with them die. Grieve the loss and move on. Let go of your hope. Someday they will change. They're never going to change. You know, they've already showed you who they are. It's best to just believe what they've revealed. 
Grieve it and leave it. Reduce or eradicate the contact altogether. And, you know, go forward with your life in the Lord, leaving these toxic relationships behind. And they really are everywhere today. So, you know, be wise as you walk among them because monsters do walk among us. Amen. Uh, folks, I think that everything that Benjamin talked about tonight, is, and it's hard because they are such abusers and we have a tendency to many of us be attracted to abuse, maybe because of how we were raised or, you know, and things like that. But walking away, I mean, two cannot walk together unless they, you know, unless they agree. It's okay to walk away. It's okay to leave these relationships that are toxic and not of God. And that's the first thing you need to do is give yourself that permission that it's okay. And um, so, brother, thank you for sharing tonight. What a what a wonderful, not wonderful message from the standpoint of we need to be aware. I mean, these people, you're talking about a group of people that now is encompassing such a large portion of our society um, that they're controlling the very you know, the very government of this country. And um, folks, we've got to separate. That's the only thing. And brother, yeah, thank you for the part about, you know, the repentance thing, sharing with the Lord, share with you about that. And folks, give the Lord some thanks. You know, I went I went through, the, I'm down here right now at my grandma's funerals this weekend. Family's coming in from all over in North Carolina, down here and um. When I remember when she was just about ready to pass by pass. I was heading over there and my first reaction, brother, I was like, I was gonna say, Lord, if there's anything my grandma never confessed, and, I, and all of a sudden it hit me. He's like, What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I, I was like, Your grandma, she trusted in me. You know, I felt so convicted. <laughs> Be thankful for the promise she had and the faith in Christ. You know, I was like, I was so ashamed. I went in and I started to weep and cry because my, I, you know, anyways, I was sharing with my dad and she trusted the Lord for everything. So brother, thank you for that. And um, we often forget in this world, God is so good. And if he says he'll forgive, he does. You don't need to keep repenting. Of the oh same my land. Yeah. He's probably like, how are you going to stop wearing I thought we weary the Lord with sometimes these things. I'm sure we do. Um, well, you know, we need to repent from the bottom of our hearts. You know, there's yeah. that superficial, well, I'm sorry. Sure. Can't you just get over it? You know that, you know, get over your grudge. <laughs> just forget about it. You know, that's, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what the narcissist told me when I told them they owed me an apology. Well, just forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. I'm going to. Yeah, I don't, that'll work. <laughs> Why don't you tell God, just forget about it. Uh, you know what? The Lord doesn't just forget about it. You you actually have to apologize to him. But when you do really mean it, when you really are sorry that you've offended the Lord and that you've insulted the sovereign king of kings who loves you so much, and you actually offended him, and you truly are sorry, you're like, I don't, Lord, I don't ever want to do that again. I want to honor you in thought, word, and deed, every single day. You know, let me never be the one that, you know, 
you have to argue with. I remember when he said to me, I don't want to know. What did he say exactly? I know. I don't wish to argue with you again. That was it. That's the quote. I don't mm -hmm. wish to argue. I didn't have any idea that I'd been arguing with the Lord. Well, all right. I'll take it on good authority, right? That's yeah. pretty stupid, right? <laughs> okay. You know, I'm smart enough to realize what in the world that's got to be the dumbest thing you can possibly do. Argue with the Lord. How do you win this argument? First of all, you're wrong. Okay. And if you win, now you're really in trouble. <laughs> right? God's like, okay, fine. Go do it. You know, God's trying to stop you. You're arguing. What an idiot. You know, right? That's the natural man. You know, you know, my will be done. My kingdom come. <laughs> no. No, we don't want our will to be done. And we don't want our kingdom to come because it's a disaster. And that's what the narcissists have created, a kingdom of their fashioning. And it's satanic. But that's what Jesus warned us of. Many will become lovers of their own self. The end of the age. That's an epidemic of narcissism. It's here. And I hope that program was a blessing. And thank you all for listening. And, and um, Frank, thanks for letting me share. Oh, God bless, brother. It's a powerful show. Thank you all, folks, for joining in. You know, um, I know we talk a lot of things in the room to call, but I feel tonight was a very, um, hopefully a healing program and 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 a loosening of anybody's carrying that chain and bondage of being under a narcissist um, to get free, to get away, to get out. Um, you know, and the Lord will set you free. Just, you know, allow him. And um, remember, God doesn't desire, you know, he didn't throw the... Benjamin, you you shared this long years ago. He he threw when he threw the three men in the fiery furnace. The only thing that was burned was the the ropes that the that was binding them. Yeah, and, and that's that's what happens. It's the Lord. Sometimes he, you know, he's got to burn those the bondage of this world off of us. Yeah. He never harmed. He didn't desire to harm their body. He just wanted to set them free. Yes, and, and the fire, Lord. I mean, that's what's yeah. dead ahead anyway. You know, right? I mean, let's yeah. walk in the midst of the fire with the Lord. That's what's coming, Frank. And mm, candidly, it's going to feel nice for those who've already been cleansed. Yeah. You know, if you guys have been redeemed and, you, and you're clean now, we're going to walk through this time. Yeah. And it'll be the best of time. It'll be, what does it say? It'll be very well with the remnant yes, in that those day. days. Yeah. We it have works. a reason to be smiling because we are not the people in trouble here. Mm. Amen. Folks, just remember it's sometimes when you're in the fires, that's the only time maybe that person around you gets to actually witness Jesus. Right? It was in the fire when Nebuchadnezzar looked in and he saw the Lord. And sometimes our trials and our hardships are actually witnessing to other people. Don't forget that. The Lord does some things sometimes that we don't understand, but he's got our best interest at heart. And so, brother, I believe tonight was a just a powerful thank you so much for this show. And, and, it, and it meant a lot to me because, like I said, I've been through it and it's horrible, especially when you love the person that took you through it. That's the heart. You know, it's that person you cared for. And they were absolutely a snake and sought to destroy. It's just with the devil, the devil, your reward. You will get a reward with God, eternal life. You also get a reward with devil, the devil, death. Okay? That's your reward. That's the reward of the narcissist. Death, right. destruction. Because their father is the devil. That's right. Anyways, praise God. Thank you, brother. 
Powerful program, everybody. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sounded on the mountain. Though a trumpet in Zion.